extinct but towering titans, conflicted but controlling cyborgs, metallic but malleable monsters, it's Terror of Mechagodzilla. like metal scraping on metal <laughs> that was that's yeah. only more like a gremlin <laughs> exactly hey but welcome back to monsters versus men where we're trying our best to stay alive how are you doing alex i'm doing good eric how about you i can't complain well i, I could complain i guess but you know this i think this movie is going to hold a special place for me because you know as soon as i finished it i mean it's been a week and a half since i watched it the first time now as soon as I finished it, my wife's water broke and I went into the hospital and <laughs> three and a half hours later, she gave birth to, you know, my third child, my daughter. And so I'll always remember <laughs> this movie. I, I tried to convince her to name the baby um, Katsura, but she disagreed. <laughs> That's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. She now, was a loyal daughter. You give her that. She is. <laughs> she was the loyal daughter. I just hope I don't turn out to be like Mafune. I was gonna say it, you should have given her the middle name Interpol Agent Jiro. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh yeah, but that, that was funny because we were texting about how much we liked the movie, and then Eric's just like, "Oh, I think Neely's going into labor." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she is. So I'll keep you updated. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into it, Alex. I think we have a lot to cover this week. Uh, yes. Let's start with the film introduction. Despite not recognizing the end of an era, Ishiro Honda pulls out all the stops for Terror of Mechagodzilla. Serving as a direct sequel to Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, Honda brings black, back Black Hole Planet Aliens and Mechagodzilla while adding his own creation, Titanosaurus, and Cyborgs. But does blending all these elements actually work? Or as we said last week, when Honda directs his last, will his original remain unsurpassed? Man, I'm so sad that this was Honda's last movie, by the way. Ugh. Yeah. But... The original certainly does remain unsurpassed, and I, I really don't see anything beating it. But I am excited, like almost reinvigorated and saddened by the end of the Showa era because I'm I'm so excited because that movie was this movie was so much better than expected. It is solid from stem to stern, and I was really I was hyped after last week's Godzilla vs Mechagodzilla. But mm-hmm. this one surpasses it in just about every way, which I didn't think really would be possible. And while the original Godzilla is a perfect beginning to this series, I, I feel like this one, Terror of Mechagodzilla, is the perfect ending to the Showa era. It's it's like this strange journey of hills and valleys where we've seen where Godzilla could go. We've seen places we really don't want it to go. And now mm-hmm. it feels like it's found like this nice footing, uh, that this yeah. nice little flow with the last, I would say even three movies. And that might be a stretch for some people, but I think the last three movies, I feel like we've kind of gotten a really good handle on what Godzilla can be. Uh, maybe I should just say two, <laughs> but I think 
it's nice to see this beautiful sci-fi again. The cyborgs, the Titanosaurus, and <laughs> our our best friend, OMG, back at it again after we loved mm-hmm. him so much last week. So, and, and now I do have a few nitpicks, but in the grand scheme of things, this is a great film uh, for Godzilla to go out on, especially if, since he's going to be gone for 10 years until yeah. our next film. But Han, it's also a good one to, for Honda to go out on. It's like this nice, complete circle that he's kind of gone in. Definitely, yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Um, I think the original remains unsurpassed, but... What I like most about this one, Terra of Mechagodzilla, is it feels like the culmination of the best characteristics we've come to love from the Showa era. Uh, and I know we'll, we'll get more specific next week with our Godzilla Showa era showdown. Um, but thinking about it just right now, the original Gojira, it feels less like a Showa era film and more like a standalone feature that the others kind of built upon. Um, but here in Terra of Mechagodzilla, we get Sinister Aliens, we get outrageous monsters. And here's the bonus. We actually get complex characters whose story finds the right balance with that monster action. From those beginning credits, when we, we basically get a five-minute recap yes. of Godzilla versus Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, I was still enjoying myself because that original Godzilla theme came back and I knew like we were in for a treat right from the beginning. Um, <laughs> and there's something about that. For me, realizing that this was the last film of the Showa era, it felt like it was coming full circle, and it continued to do so for the rest of the film. Yeah. You know what was odd, though? How they carefully edited that five-minute recap to never show King Caesar. So (laughs) they didn't have to explain him not coming back. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, it did. It was just kind of like, this is what you need to know, which is, it is interesting. I think this is the first direct sequel we've gotten mm-hmm. since Godzilla Raids Again, right? Godzilla Raids Again was pretty much a direct sequel to Gojira, but then I don't, I don't think we had any other direct sequels, do we? Or am I, am I misremembering? No, there that? weren't. And even, even Raids Again is, it's only referenced mostly in the title. I mean, we get a one moment in a boardroom, but mostly the sequels re- referenced in the title with the Raids Again portion. But honestly, that movie was pretty standalone as well. You know, yeah, it's just the it return is. of a monster, but it has almost nothing to do with the first one. And this is yeah. the first movie arc. <coughs> it's it's two parts. And we don't get returning characters, but we do get returning monsters and story elements that mm-hmm. come back up from the last one, which is it's it's really nice actually. And it bleeds into our next series of films in the Hasai era where it's an ongoing uh story. I like that. Um, I would like to point out some of the Honda elements that I think once again played really well here. Um, I've mentioned before those edits where we, you know, see the action unfold on a screen within a screen. Mm-hmm. But in this film, we actually get that, but it's in slightly different ways. The first is at the beginning when we get that transition shot from the aquatic submarine vehicle to Katsura's eye. And it just demonstrates right there that there's some sort of connection between this woman character, Katsura, and titanosaurus this new monster that we're seeing second we get those shots from within that elevator shaft of the mecha godzilla chamber um, which was really cool because it just showed the size of mecha godzilla i love that chamber it felt like nothing we'd seen before in the series um, and it really captured the scale of mecha godzilla we even get the sets 
of Mechagodzilla when they're inside and like inside Mechagodzilla's head. And I thought they were fantastic and they went a long way into the world building. Yeah. Did you notice any other world building elements that stood out to you here, Alex? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, and I noticed it too, that Mechagodzilla scale that we get when they're inside that base is just awesome. And Mm -hmm. it's something that really caught my attention, but it also... I caught another funny detail that I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but Godzilla has an MG on it, or Mechagodzilla has an MG on his arm for Mechagodzilla. Hmm. But in this one, he's got an MG2 on his arm, which is nice. It's <laughs> just like this nice, silly little detail. Yeah, and, it's small, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like that uh, Goro Matsumi, who played Kuromuna, who was the uh, head alien in the last film actually comes back and plays the head alien in this film, Mughal. And yeah, yeah. It, which is like this really weird detail where, cause his name, I don't know if his name is even said in the film, but it led me to believe like, I was like, did he survive last time? I and mean, like, just not have this purple eye that he had last time or not, but it's definitely a different alien. And I really mm-hmm. like kind of what that means for the aliens and their disguises. And it just means that hmm. there's a lot of people, a lot of aliens that look like Goro Matsumi walking around. Yeah. Doing this. So they have like a limited number of costumes and disguises, which is kind of like this neat little idea. Like a whole bunch of them could just look like this guy. And yeah. I also thought we, we, we've only had bad effects with the alien reveals in all the movies so far. I don't know if you would agree with me, but they're all pretty bad for the most part. <laughs> but this one was actually pretty cool. I really liked it. There's that moment at the end where uh, Goro is being choked out. and Or I guess his real name is Goro. But where Mughal is being checked out. And you see his face start to come off and he pulls it off as he's trying to yeah. get a breath. And it looks really good. Like, it does. Really good. I was impressed <laughs> that they made that mask look so realistic that he pulls off. I, yeah. I, I was. <laughs> it, it's a good note to go in on in terms of alien. Reveals. I was just. Yeah, I was glad we didn't have the uh, green Planet of the Apes again this time. Yeah, yeah. No, no Planet of the Apes. You don't know, get that slow, weird fade uh, as they transform into something else or anything like that. And also, like, how smart they are in this one. Like, they're even smarter than normal. Well, they're not usually very smart. But in this one, they're a lot smarter than normal. I mean, they set up that base, and they know that it's an, it's inevitable for their base to be found. And so they know that they're going to have to detonate and blow up the base. And they also plan ahead by putting their base, like a mobile base, inside of Katsura, who is the cyborg that we keep mentioning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just this really cool idea. But I, I've talked a lot about the bad guys. Do you think there's anything good about the good guys? Well, what I really like about this film is not that the heroes, the good guys are so great, but it's actually that the villains are so great. Now, the aliens are pretty one track, just like they usually are. But the human villains are unlike anything we've seen yet in the series in that their motivations are so complex. Um, they have believable motives. You've got... Mafune and you've got Katsura, his daughter, who are both our human villains here. Um, now, Mafune at first, he may not have the most believable origin story. You know, he's just trying to one up his scientist pals that ostracized him. <laughs> but his, you know, but his real motive 
is his daughter. And it's like he's trying to prove not just to his old science buddies, but to his daughter that he can succeed to do it for his yeah. wife and her mom. Um, and speaking of Mafune, how about Akihiko Harada? Um, here he's, he's been collaborating now with Honda for 21 years. This is 21 years since the original. And here he is back at it. Um, I want to point out a review I really enjoyed on Letterboxd by a user named Hatercles. He says, we've gone full circle with Godzilla now defending Tokyo from a scientist played by Hirata. Mifune is essentially the dark mirror of Serizawa, one too selfish to have ever let Amiko go and sacrifice his own life. I love that comparison. Yeah. I love that comparison to Serizawa. Um, And using that analogy, Amiko from Gojira becomes Katsura here. Um, but Katsura has succumbed to the pressures of her father to become someone she despises herself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is the only Godzilla film, by the way, that was written by a woman, Yukiko Yaka, uh, Takayama. And I do think we see the most complex female character we've seen so far in Katsura. And ultimately, despite her cyborg nature, it's her humanity that ends up saving the human race when she sacrifices herself at the end. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really do love that moment. It's really cool. It shows a lot about the character. And I think it solidifies her as one of the most interesting characters of the Showa era. Now, and this could be considered a nitpick. I think Tomoko Ai, who plays Katsura, is not very good. I like the character more than I like the actress, if that makes any sense. The the, uh, overacting is palpable it's uh (laughs) repeated many times and i was belly laughing at her acting when her mouth is flapping weirdly right before she kills herself she's trying to grasp her emotions and her sadness i think but her mouth i I can't really make the sound but i can smack my lips (laughs) which is about the (laughs) as well acted as hers was i would i would push back a little bit and say, I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. But I also think she has complex emotions going on. Maybe it's like the, you know, she does have some overreactions, like when she's shocked at the control panel or there at yes. the end right before she kills herself. I get that. But she also has a bunch of complex emotions that she's working with. Um, and I think it's <laughs> it's pretty tough to balance those emotions here. But anyway, uh-huh. continue. Yeah, well, well, we get that we get that control panel zap, and we also get the zap to the back of our neck. That's also That's right. overacted. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there's at least for me three instances of horrible acting. <laughs> but well, it's, overall, and then it's paired. It's paired with it's paired with the deadpan look that she gives lots of time. That's like indicating her cyborg nature. You yes. know, and so it's a really interesting mix of different things that she's asked to do. That's why. I might give her a little bit more leniency than you might. Yeah. And speaking of that control board uh, electrocution scene, did did you like how heavy they leaned into the uh, Frankenstein's monster feel of that scene where it's like sepia toned and everything? (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting. That was interesting. There's a part of that that I liked. um, And I think it was really just, it, it changed the tones there to show like, this is a flashback. Yeah. Um, which we haven't actually had many flashbacks, if any, in the series. So I do think it was good to kind of indicate that. But you're right, it did lean into that, like, this is our mad scientist 
about to do something <laughs> mad yeah. feel. So it was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, it, it was funny. But uh, that's really one of my few nitpicks other than the romance that also happens in this film. But I, I do want to talk about the things that I absolutely loved about this film because there's so many. I'm not even going to be able to get into all of them. There's so many. But the monster fights here, they're really good and honda really makes the threat of titanosaurus and mechagodzilla feel real by showing the fleeing crowds and even mm. those kids almost getting stepped on by titanosaurus while all these people are running away with the creatures looming over the miniatures it's just this nice effect that we haven't seen in a while we've gotten a lot of destruction but we haven't gotten a human element to the destruction that pa- that panic yeah, yes. we haven't had that panic. And you're right. I, I noticed that immediately. I was like, this is what I've been missing since Godzilla raids again, I think. Right? Yeah, we haven't had that human panic. So I was glad to see that come back. Yeah, it, it's been a long time. You know what? I think we saw it in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, last. I think that might be the last Maybe. time we saw it. But even then, that's how many movies was that? That's 10 movies ago. Right. It's yeah. been a long time since we got that human element to the panic. And it's like you said, I didn't realize I was missing it until I saw it again. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is what real destruction looks like. And I think when we go back to our Showa era showdown that we were talking about, it's going to affect how I view some of those movies. Because I am going to go back and watch, rewatch some of them. I think there's some, uh, really something that Honda picked up by going back to that thing that he had been missed. But when all that stuff's happening... We see that awesome moment where Godzilla just tackles Titanosaurus. He's about to step on the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just this neat moment where it's full circle, like we said. He was a villain at the beginning, and now he's the ultimate hero. He's saving mm-hmm. two ants, essentially, to uh, go in this like full-blown charge into danger. which is It's just really cool. But I also really like that Mechagodzilla and Titanosaurus are clearly being controlled by the same person. They often Mm -hmm. feel really calculated, like they're moving in sync. And their attacks are like someone's almost playing chess. Like Titanosaurus is using his wind attack with his tail to throw Godzilla off balance. And as soon as he's off balance, Megagodzilla blasts him with lasers. It Mm -hmm. feels a lot more calculated than any of these other monster battles. And it makes sense yeah. because we have that one being with, or as uh, the alien leader mentions, organic brain matter <laughs> controlling mm-hmm. both of them. It's just like this really, I love that feeling. And you could just tell that there's this lack of agency on the part of the monsters. And there's so many moments just in this film overall that I can't pick, but I want to give you one, one last one. There's a moment where, uh, the helicopter goes up with the rocket launcher to put the spike in the back of Titanosaurus so they can use the ultrasonic waves that they found out could defeat him. Mm-hmm. Well, they hit him with the launcher and hitting while Titanosaurus is essentially trying to finish Godzilla off after they've already even, he's dead and buried pretty much. And they distract him and they hit him with those waves and it leads to my favorite moments of Godzilla films when there's a team up and my favorite team ups with Godzilla is Godzilla and humans. I love the idea of the two teaming up and this is probably one of our most effective team ups that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And when, while he's got him distracted, 
Godzilla gets up and goes into this last ditch effort against Mecha Godzilla. And it's this all out charge. You could tell it's like an everything or nothing attack because Godzilla unloads every single weapon he Im- imaginable at him. Some hit, some miss. And it's like this really cool effect where Godzilla even gets like directly hit a couple times and you can see that he like slows his run and then he starts picking mm-hmm. up again. It's just this awesome moment. And then it ends with what we think is the end of the battle where <laughs> last movie he grabs his head and spins it around to break mm-hmm. it off and defeat him. But this time when he breaks his head off, there's actually like a control center in the middle of it that's still able to fight. And I just thought yeah. it was like this really cool set of scenes that set up one of my favorite moments of the franchise. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I loved whenever he pulled his head off and the battle wasn't over. I was yeah. like, plot twist. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, and there are actually a couple things that I didn't like with the monster action. One of the things that I didn't like, I would just go ahead and mention that part that you just mentioned with the rocket launcher. Mecha Godzilla goes to like attack that that uh, helicopter after the fact. I'm like, Mecha Godzilla knew this helicopter was coming. I think Mecha Godzilla could have t- taken that thing out of the air in about two seconds. But that's a small nitpick. Hey, hey. Well, I will <laughs> but, say he is getting ready to finish off Godzilla, <coughs> and then when that helicopter appears. He gets distracted and doesn't kill it, but he does. He also doesn't take out the helicopter, so I can see. Right, right. But let me tell you a couple of things I did love about the monster action. Um, Godzilla's entrance, right? Uh, this is before oh. Mechagodzilla is there, actually. But the first entrance that we get a shot from pretty far away, and we just see the shadow of a monster in the background raises. Oh, is this head. that nighttime scene where yes, the first at one with Titanosaurus? Exactly, the first one. You get a shadow of a monster raising its head, and then the next shot is it's a little bit closer. The shadow goes away, and we see Godzilla there, and the Godzilla theme picks back mm-hmm. in for the first time since the opening credits. And it's seriously, it's it's probably my most epic moment of the show <laughs> era. Um, it's so cool. It um, and then as Godzilla confronts Titanosaurus, the camera pans around the destruction perfectly. It's like we we get this moving camera in the battle for the first time that just creates a sense of of uh, a spectacle almost yeah. um, as the camera pans around the destruction to see the two monsters about to go at it. Um, and speaking of destruction, I think the Mecha Godzilla and Titanosaurus destruction scenes our standouts here. Um, as you mentioned, the panic from the crowds of human characters, that's an element that I feel like we've missed f- for a long time. And that panic that we get, it fuels the urgency of the film. And then we get that shot of Mecha Godzilla. He shoots one of his rotational missiles oh, out of his yes. fingers and it comes and it hits the ground and literally the set shakes, you know, yeah. like you see the ground shaking and you know, it's just a set, but it's, it's a moment that, uh, really demonstrates his power. Yes, it's awesome. It is awesome, and it's one of my favorite moments that I'll get to later. Yeah, there's 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 moments that definitely someone needs to check out. Yes, and that person is the theometer. The theometer. Theometer. Welcome back to another theometer. This week, Theo, we have our final film of the show era. It's called Terror of Mecha Godzilla. All right. You ready? So here we go. 
Tell me, tell me what you see in this clip. It's Godzilla, right? Nice. But you don't know who this is. Who's, Who's this? I forgot, but you tell me. Titanosaurus. Can you say Titanosaurus? Titanosaurus. That was pretty good. What does he look like to you? What did you call him? Uh, a fire Godzilla. Fire Godzilla? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. He's got like, he looks kind of like he has flames coming yeah, off of his yeah. head. Yeah. He's like 10 inches scary. He's 10 inches scary? Yeah. On your theometer? Uh-huh. That is pretty scary. What's Godzilla about to do to him? Oh, oh man. He's dodging all the blasters. That's cool. He just swams that Godzilla fire thing down. Oh, man. And just tackled Mechagodzilla. Well, what did Mechagodzilla do? Blast his shooters from his eyes to airplanes that don't even have a person in it. Bam, Throwing bam, him up with bam. his mouth. Ooh, man, that is rough. This has been another Femodder this week. See you, everybody. All right, welcome back. <laughs> Let's get into that. Was That may be our last theometer for a little while. We're going to switch things up in the Hasai era, maybe do a couple different things with our format just to mix things up a little bit. We're still going to keep our awards though. So let's get into our awards. What do you think, Alex? Who was the coolest character this time around? All right. The coolest character is guy in red hat. Number one. So (laughs) (laughs) this is, I thought this was like one of our main characters, but I had to go back and double check. And in fact, it's not. So this is a, this is the helicopter that I was talking about earlier. There's this guy with the rocket launcher. He's cool, calm, and collected. And he's in a helicopter. He's got one shot with this rocket launcher to stick it into the back of Titanosaurus's neck. And he hits it from really <laughs> far away. It seems, yeah, yeah. That stood out to me. I, I, I rewatched this film with the English dub just for fun. Um, and yeah, he is far. I really noticed that the second time. I was like, wow, he is far away. <laughs> How did he get that shot? <laughs> well, they they didn't want to get too close so that Mechagodzilla noticed. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but so he's he's like the hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without seriously, without him, Godzilla could not have defeated both monsters for That's sure. That's right. <laughs> um. So my coolest character, I've already mentioned Mafune. Um, and I think he was overall he was excellent. Sure, he could have been over the top at time, but really the coolest coolest character is Katsura. Um, she's the first cyborg character we've seen in the series. She has mysterious, mysterious powers and is supernaturally connected to these monsters. Add in the fact that she has truly complex feelings and complex motivations. Um, she has really cool, uh, like everything about her just seems really cool. Despite the cyborg elements, um, there's that part of her human self, her care for her fellow human beings that remains intact. And then her end is just tragic, even if you didn't like the the acting Alex. No. And uh, again, I I told you, I think she is is a standout Showa era character. But yeah. And again, it's. I like the character. I don't like the actress, which is just the <laughs> oddest thing to say. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your most memorable line? Um, mine does not come from Katsura, but in reference to Katsura, and it comes from the black hole alien Suda. You know, he's the one with the beard <laughs> yes. in reference. That's how I remember. He's he's the one with the beard in reference to the Titanosaurus Mechagodzilla tag team controlled by Katsura. He says their hatred will become one. Unleashing an orgy of violence. I was like, okay, then. 
<laughs> the last that's thing how I wanna, we're going to describe it. The last thing I want to picture with all those monsters is an orgy. Um, an orgy of violence. <laughs> what about you, Alex? What was your most memorable line? I think my favorite line is between Interpol agent Jiro and uh, the head of the Interpol agents, General Sagawa. And mm-hmm. so Jiro says their silencers were unlike anything we've seen. And the general says, space aliens? Jiro, we can't be sure, but we must tighten security. I like that this shows that aliens are now a part of everyday life. Like, they're this plausible theory. They're the first thing he jumps to when there's an unrecognizable Mm. (laughs) uh, silencer. But it actually makes sense in this universe where we've seen, like, 18, that's more moods than there are, or (laughs) 18 alien attacks at this point, you know? So. I like that aliens are a reasonable explanation for probably anything at this point. It's true. What what about your can't believe that acting award, Alex? All right. I'll I'll see if you can guess this moment. (laughs) Amiko. Amiko from Gojira. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Katsura. Katsura from Terror Mechagodzilla. Which part? Which part? That's the question. Uh, It's it's either... (laughs) It's either it's the either zapping on the back of the neck or the electrocution at the control panel. One the of those, one. I'm sure. It was the first. All right, one. it's yeah. the back of the neck electrocution at the 32 minute mark. In case anyone wants to watch, <laughs> I almost was my for my can't believe that acting award. I almost went with the guy that electrocuted her there. His face <laughs> is just like what? Yeah. It is. Uh, and I know Katsura definitely has some funny reactions here, but I'm going to go with the biologist who falls in love with Katsura. I think you mentioned you didn't like the romance here, and I'm, I'm not, I don't buy into this romance, really. I'm, I'm with you. Um, but the biologist, Ichinose, I think is his name, when he tries to convince Katsura to change, he says, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You're a human being. And there's something innocently naive about that character that I appreciated. You know, other characters tried to persuade him. You can't trust her, right? You can't trust Katsura. And he just was so naive about the whole thing and so yeah. innocent about the whole thing. I actually kind of like that. He was just this like naive boy about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and also that it's not your fault line. It took me all, all the way back to Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I was like, that's a Goodwill Hunting line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They copied uh, it from Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> exactly. No, Goodwill Hunting copied it from uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, I find the other way around more likely, even though it's impossible. <laughs> Yeah, my standout effect. Um, really, there's so many cool effects here. Um, but as I said, there was a couple. There were a couple effects during the monster action that I was like, eh, "That's a little ridiculous." Spe- specifically involving the physics of the monster fight. So when ti- Titanosaurus <laughs> kicks Godzilla, it sends Godzilla flying in slow motion like a Dragon Ball Z precursor. Really, it's like. <laughs> He's like defies the laws of physics as he floats through the air, like tail up in the air. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then Titanosaurus bites onto Godzilla's face (laughs) somehow and lifts him up like Godzilla is a balloon. Godzilla looks like he's just floating in the air as as Titanosaurus nods his head back and forth. And it's just like this is 
this does not make any logical sense whatsoever. Yeah, I will say that that was one of the worst part of the monster fight is when Titanosaurus bites Godzilla and lifts him with his mouth. It's, it's so bad looking. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so bad looking. But my favorite effect. Well, what about one, you? It's one you mentioned earlier. Is it's those rotational missiles? Uh, so Mega Godzilla gets these new weapons in this movie that weren't in the previous one, and they're called rotational missiles, and they seem to take a while for uh, Mega Godzilla to wind up. Like he has to do this big uh, flourish before he can fire them. And but my favorite moment is when he fires into like that small town street looking area, and so it hits. And it caused an explosion. And that's all you think is going to happen. But then just a few seconds later, there's this like bunker buster effect where it blows up again and just annihilates the street. It's just so cool. And then we also get that next moment with the uh, rotational missiles where he fires one at Godzilla. And it penetrates his stomach and causes like the smoke to come out of his mouth. That's, a, that's, that's, that's just a really cool moment, I thought. Oh, that was cool when the smoke came out of Godzilla's mouth. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, what about the, oh, that's a good shot award that we <laughs> just started last week, Alex? Yeah, so we mentioned the camera pan earlier uh, about with the Godzilla versus Titanosaurus fight. But I actually like th- that Honda actually goes back to the well on that one and he does it again. When it's Godzilla mm-hmm. versus Titanosaurus and Mechagodzilla too, I like it because a it's the same shot all over again. But this time you've it got Mechagodzilla looming in the background, and he really does feel menacing. Like he's just he's standing in the back, letting his henchmen do the work. And I just really, I just, I just really like that we get this. How is Godzilla going to beat these two vibe? You know, I really like. Yeah, no, I really like that too. And I like when it pans around. You actually don't see Mechagodzilla at first. Yeah, and so it feels really, really similar to the other shot. But then as it pans towards the end of the pan, then you see Mecha Mechagodzilla, and you're like, oh, yeah, Godzilla's <laughs> in for it now. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love how formidable he is in the last film, and then this time he's even got a. He's got twice. Two times the edge that he did last time because Godzilla doesn't have a companion and he's got one. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. For me, the uh, shot that stood out, there were several that that stood out. I like the one at the big, be- it's towards the beginning of the film. It's that low angle shot of Titanosaurus. You know, we kind of get it from like mm-hmm. the ocean's point of view and you just see how tall Titanosaurus is. But that's not the one I'm going with. It's the one that I'll remember is the first time we see Katsura on the surgeon table, on that operating table. She has what looks like a crown of those maroon bulbs on her head. And then the doctors, these aliens, they're operating on her, and they have the same color of maroon scrubs and mask. There's an element of intrigue and mystery here with those color elements. And we also, we don't see what's happening below. Right. We don't we only see her face and that like crown of maroon bulbs. I didn't realize actually the first time I was watching it, I didn't realize they were adding cyborg elements to her until they actually show us up close the second time, which was a shocking moment, by the way. Not <laughs> yes. just for the nudity. Not just for the nudity. <laughs> okay. But the fact that they were okay. opening up her stomach. <laughs> I, I realized why you love this movie so much, Alex, growing up after I saw that second <laughs> operating scene. I was like, oh, this is why Alex liked this movie. 
Yeah, yeah. Th- this was one of my favorites growing up, but it the the version back then didn't have that part in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whatever you say, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 All right, Alex. So, what about your rating and ranking for this film? Honestly, the movie is really impressive and it's fun. And just over 80 minutes long, I feel like we get a lot of bang for our buck. A lot happens. No time's wasted. And there are some really cool ideas. But not only are they cool ideas, they are executed really well, which sets it apart from many other Godzilla movies. We get a lot of ideas, but they fail. We see a lot of failed ideas in this series. But, you know, Katsura isn't good. The romance is non-existent. But it does lead to a cool moment. And I also loved every other moment. Like, I loved every other moment of this film, except for those two elements. And the monster action is, again, playing really well off that final human confrontation that we talked about last week. It's a lesson that Honda definitely learned from the previous film. I'm surprised by how good this one is. I really am. And that's why it earns tentatively my number three spot and i'm gonna give it a i'm probably gonna give it a nine out of ten and i'm gonna put it just barely under king kong versus godzilla but i i'm really debating it i almost feel like i have to watch king kong versus godzilla again to really settle this in my mind first of all alex you're using the the 10 scale again oh my god last week it's a five scale <laughs> a four and a half star a four and a half there you go a four, four and, and a half. half out of five i got you so <laughs> i was wondering why i heard you like laugh a little bit when i said it <laughs> yeah so for me after going back and forth a little bit i've ac- i actually have moved this into my number two slot on wow. my show era list because I do think it represents the pinnacle of the best elements of that era. Single-minded aliens bent on destruction, new and unique monsters, Godzilla becoming that hero and a human story that complements the monster action. It has, it has everything we've come to expect in the mm-hmm. best parts of it in this movie. Um, I think it gets a little too serious at points. Um, in the monster battle action, I actually don't think it matches the heights that we saw in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah. But where it lacks, where it lacks and makes up for in complex human characters with those split motivations. This marks the end of an epic era full of fun, if maybe not always the most fantastic films that really took me on a good ride. So I'm sad to see it go, but I think this one's moving into my number two slot. and I'm giving it four out of five stars. Man, Eric, I can't wait to talk to you in our next episode about how much your thoughts overall on this whole thing, because I know that you were maybe a little tentative going into this whole series, so I'm excited to hear more about it. Or hesitative, hesitative, not tentative. (laughs) Hesitant. I was hesitant a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You're mixing your words a little bit. Uh, Next week we do have our special episode before we move into the Hasai era. I'm liking that we have a little break, just like there was a 10 year gap in film. So we need a two week gap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So our two week gap will consist of doing a kind of a recap episode where we're going to have our Godzilla show era showdown. 
And we're going to look back at this entire era. We're going to do a best of award ceremony and we'll have an epic showdown and we'll match up our ratings to come up with a definitive monsters versus men show era ranking. We'll also be asking this question, Alex, thinking about the best of Fukuda and Honda. What are the characteristics of the show era genre? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was good I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I do think it's interesting I do think there are some standout characteristics that we've come to see and appreciate from these films and I want to kind of get into that discussion next yeah, week Yeah, um, as always you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod uh, on Letterboxd uh, we're starting to kind of create a little community there of Godzilla lovers on Letterboxd. You can follow us at Al Cornette and at Mr. Eric Neely. And of course, you can email us. We got a couple emails this past week, mvmpod at gmail.com. Until next week, Alex. Try. Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs>